Welcome to episode three of the Off Ballet podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Bourget. While I have your attention here, please subscribe to the Off Ballet podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. Doesn't have to be five stars, but it sure would be nice. We want to know what you think. We can also be reached on Instagram at Off Ballet Podcast or by email at offballetpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be flying solo today in the host world, but don't worry, we'll be bringing back our other friends next episode. As mentioned earlier, there isn't a set format to Off Ballet, which we hope will make it fairly refreshing and interesting to listen to. In order to be COVID-friendly, which I cannot wait to stop saying in my day-to-day life, this is also our first virtual episode, so bear with us on the technical and sound aspects. It gets a little rough in some parts, and that is my fault, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> so thanks for your patience. In my personal bubble, I watched some of my friends this weekend hit up local crags to climb some rock, in addition to others heading north to grab the last of the ice climbing. And of course, boulderers have just been outside this whole time, so no updates there. Personally, I'm excited for the longer days and being able to wear less than, like, I don't know, five layers at any given time. I think we all need some vitamin D and some climbing in our lives. This episode is sponsored by Hammer and Hops Brewing Company. I'm very excited to be introducing today's guest, Dulce Muscolo. As written by her partner, Ryan Stefiuk, which I apologize if I did not pronounce that correctly, Dulcie began climbing back when Lynn Hill freeing the nose was the news of the day. Initially a sport climber and boulderer, she's worked for many years to address her fears of height and exposure so that she can climb new objectives. Along the way, she's picked up lots of climbing experience in a variety of climbing settings, learning to lead traditional and multi-pitch routes, scaling ice and mixed climbs, and developing new rock climbs as well. More recently, she's committed her time and energy as a member of the Board of Directors for the Western Massachusetts Climbers Coalition, a.k.a. the WMCC, a member of the WMCC Justice, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, a.k.a. the JDEI Committee, and a member of the WMCC Hanging Mountain Committee. Dulcie, welcome to the Off Belay podcast. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Um, and of course, we've never actually met before, so this is exciting for me. <laughs> I've only heard a lot of good things. Awesome. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you too. Um, all right, so let's get into it. Um, I'd love to hear a bit about your climbing background. How did you How did you find this sport? Um, well, I started climbing about 25 years ago, which uh, was in 1995. So I'm uh, I'm almost 47. I'm going to turn 47 on April 2nd, right? In Happy the, early birthday. <laughs> thank you. Right in the middle of the uh, auction for the WMCC. So um, yeah, so oh, my phone just made a noise. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Dulcie, um, this is a so, very professional and pol- polished yeah, podcast. How dare you? Nobody ever calls me and all of a sudden I have calls. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, let's see. So I started climbing about 25 years ago um, and I started climbing. I went to um, Montana for uh, a semester for school. I did an exchange program and it's kind of funny because, um, yeah, so I went to Montana and I signed up. One of my classes was, was oceanography, which was kind of crazy because I was coming <laughs> from Delaware. And so it wasn't the best but they also offered um a rock climbing course at the same time and so I basically missed my oceanography classes and my friend was awesome and gave me all our notes and so I would just show up for quizzes um and I took um and I and I just went to this course that they offered on rock climbing and uh I'm glad I did because I'm not an oceanographer and although I like the ocean I certainly uh, <laughs> used the climbing experience a lot more so that's how I actually started climbing was um, in Montana uh, in a course that they offered uh, indoors. Wow, that is great. And Montana is beautiful. So that semester abroad went from abroad across the country was doing yeah. great as well. Um, that's great. So, okay, so you were living, you're from Delaware? I'm actually, so I was born in New York, okay. but I grew up in New Jersey. And then I um, went to school in Delaware, but once I went out west, I lived out there for a while. So I kind of moved all over out there. Um, but I, I, I'm a New Englander. Like I really, I love sarcasm, and I like, people, <laughs> I like like really directness. I like when people are direct. And so living on the West Coast for me was sort of challenging because 
there were times where I was like, are you telling me off or are you genuinely like enjoying my company? I can't, I can't tell. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so I, so I came back. I also really love my family and they're on the East coast. And so I came back so I could be closer to them. Um, so, yeah. That's great. I love that. Um, so that was my next question was what actually brought you back to new England? Sounds like your family. What year was that? Uh, it was, it was 2000. It was, it was 2001, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. It was kind of a crazy time. Cause that was right when nine 11 happened. So I, I came back like right before that. Um, and then, yeah. And then that, that happened and that was kind of crazy. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Okay. So tell me, um, so what was the climbing like in Montana compared to moving here and climbing? Well, when I was in, um, Montana, um, there, I, I also lived in Colorado for a little bit, um, and Washington everywhere Oh well, my goodness. <laughs> on the West coast. I was a lot of the Northwest, but, um, so I did a lot of climbing in, uh, uh, like Washington state and Montana and, uh, Colorado. And, but at the time I actually didn't multi-pitch climb. I only, uh, single pitched and it actually took me a really long time to, to lead. So, um, I, I actually have, um, panic disorder. So it's, uh, a fear of fear. <laughs> so it's like a, a fear of not being in control. So um, yeah, and, and that, as I've gotten older, I realized like lots of people have different things and it's taken me a long time to just be uh, open and honest about it. And I think it's a really healthy way to be about it because I think the more we don't talk about those things, the more power those things have and the less we help each other. So it's like, hey, we all have things um, and and it's, it's, it's normal. So, so I, it took me, so I did my first multi-pitch two years ago. Um, well, that's not true. I did my very first one many years ago. I think it was a 2006, um, but that was it. But I now multi-pitch climb um, like consistently. And so, but it took me, you know, 23 years to, to add that to my, to my plate, which is pretty, pretty awesome. So. Um, wow. Yeah. That is so great. And thank you for sharing your, um, you know, about the, the panic disorder, because there's, there's a lot of people who have, like you said, everyone's got something, um, which I, I just think it's great to recognize. And it is also kind of, oh, I'm not going to use the word poetic, but maybe I will, how someone who has a fear of fear is now is a multi-pitch rock climber. I think that's yeah. great. You know, it's you know, like opposites attract kind of thing. So. <laughs> And it took 23 Beautiful. years and I didn't know if it was ever going to happen, but it did. And I, and I did it and now I love it. And it's, uh, I mean, I still get scared sometimes, but I mean, I, I enjoy it and that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's the most awesome. Enjoying things is awesome. And I'm happy to hear that you were able to, you know, push through it and get to where you are now. Um, so yeah, that's great. So talk to me, I guess, a, a bit about where you are now. So what is like a, a climbing day look like for you? Um, Oh, um, well, I particularly like remote spots, um, which also took me a while to get comfortable with. Um, but I, I, I'm a huge advocate for everyone having access to cliffs, but, um, I, I actually love going to places where like not that many people go or more so like where the climbing is, I guess it's just that I also like to do things that I haven't done before. So I'm not a huge projector. Like I, and I'm not really a hard climber. I mean, I've climbed, when I was younger, I climbed harder, but um, I really just love climbing. And it took me a long time to get to that place also. I, I tend to have chronic injuries um, and it took me a long time to learn to just uh, love climbing. And and uh, so I love moderates. I love like being able to climb. Yeah. Like if I go somewhere on vacation and like I have seven days, I want to climb all seven days. So if I climb moderates, I can climb all seven days. If I climb hard, then I might climb one day and then have to take a rest. And then, so for me, I just, I just love, I just love climbing. Um, so yeah, so I guess um, climbing looks like for me is I have a van that I get to um, live out of. I love to like travel and um, sleep in my van, wake up not have to brush my hair, <laughs> not have to change <laughs> my clothes. Uh, I, I, we have a dog, Mazzy, that I love, um, my partner, Ryan, who I love. And um, yeah, just waking up and being in some place that 
you know, maybe not everybody's at and then going out and it being really dirty and getting dirty and, and just climbing something new. So that is great. I love that. Nothing better getting dirty and feeling the sunshine. And, and yeah. I, it sounds like you're also a very intrinsic climber, like climbing just because you love it, just because you love the movement and how it makes you feel, which is so important. And I think more people need to be open to that feeling and not just like chasing hard grades all the time, you know? It took me um, a long time. It took a, a long time, a lot of suffering before I was like, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> and now I'm kind of like, it's a badge of honor. I'm just going to, you know, like, I don't have to, I just love, like, that's how much I love climbing that it is. It doesn't have to be some kind of like numerical quantitative achievement. It can just be something that like is a passion. So it, it, it freed me up a lot, which I like. Good. That's great. Do you have any other hobbies besides climbing what else what else does your life look like <laughs> um well I'm a teacher so I teach eighth grade science and I I I love science I love the way that it's logical and the way that it approaches looking at the world um that doesn't mean there aren't uh, significant flaws to science but um I like the way of thinking about the world in a scientific way um, so I teach eighth grade science and I love, um, I teach like chemical and physical science and, and I, I just, I love chemistry and physics. Um, but I also love uh, biology because I love growing things. So I have a huge garden. Um, that's sort of the, I have to like balance that because in the spring I'll get really crazy and I'll get passionate about gardening and then I'll end up hurting myself because I forget to like keep my you know shoulders back and not dig right. too much and to stop and um but so I, I love that I um I love cross-country skiing I love I really just love being outside and I like board games too board games are great but being yeah. outside is so important I love that I'm I'm getting into gardening this year so we'll have to actually chat about that later oh my gosh I I, I will chat as much anything you want to talk I love talking about gardening it's, I, I don't understand like why we made up weird sorry if anyone doesn't know this but like you know Santa Claus like that part to me is I don't know how young people are that listen but you're upsetting a lot of people right I know <laughs> right like I just it just blew blew a bunch of people's minds um but um you know, I, just don't, I don't get why we make that up when there's like actual magical things that happen. Like electricity is like, that's magical. And like something growing, like photosynthesis is like just amazing. So, yeah. Absolutely. And a lot more rewarding than just getting presents once a year. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's great. Person coming down your, your, like into your house without permission. That's just weird. Yeah, it's very invasive, actually. It yeah. is invasive. Yeah, it's like in the Easter Bunny too. Like that's just strange. I'll tell you what, I know this is a climbing podcast and I'm sorry for everyone listening, but <laughs> real quick sidebar, I was 10 and which is late, but I was 10 years old and I found out the same time, the Easter Bunny, Bunny, Easter Bunny, Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy all at the same time. My mom was like, all right, you're old enough. We're going to dispel all of these myths. It was a rough day, but you know uh anyway <laughs> uh back to climbing so thank you for sharing though I, I love getting a sense of you know I feel like climbers yeah. are, are often multifaceted and they often have multiple interests and are very motivated people so that is good to confirm my suspicions mm. um okay so one of the things I was really interested in talking to you about is bolting so what got you into bolting I guess we'll start there what got you into bolting yeah, so um, so I think that a lot of what gets people into things is having mentors. Um, and so actually, that's something I'm, I'm working on. That's a project that I have right now, actually. Um, having, exposing people to, um, who traditionally haven't had access to it, to developing routes. Um, so I could talk about that later. But um, sure. I started uh, bolting, so my partner um, and one of our best friends, Chris Beauchamp, uh, like about four years ago, um, he started developing a lot down in West Virginia. And so um, we would go down and he's a really awesome, Chris is an awesome developer and he'd always um, want me to climb things so that I could give him feedback um, as a shorter person, which I think is a really awesome thing to do to, um, if you're gonna develop, make sure that you have varying heights uh, and mm. abilities doing it. How so tall are you? I'm a uh, five three. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. But um yeah, so he's he it 
yeah, so so um, it started that way, and then I really loved it, and I love going to like new places where people haven't been or that I haven't been, and I don't mind if it's like dirty and stuff. And so that sort of led to this. Oh well, like we should just start doing this. So my partner, um, I think that I think that one of the things that's hard at first is like having the confidence, and so. Um, having someone else who's done it or someone else who feels confident to do it helps. And so I, I started um, really by, you know, giving input and, and, and feedback and then kind of saying, hey, wait a minute, why aren't I doing this? And so um, that's sort of where that came from. But there's a really, one of my favorite stories is that, um, and Chris might not love this story, but <laughs> um, at Hanging Mountain, there's a climb uh, that's really beautiful. Um, and we were climbing it and there was a just trying to decide like where the bolt would go and um you know chris wanted to put the bolt at a higher spot which would make me have to actually move out of line with the climb to clip it um whereas if they put it where i wanted to put it it just meant that chris was going to have to take a slightly bigger fall <laughs> and so <laughs> he was advocating for the higher and I was advocating for the one that was in line and was going to be more, you know, for everybody. Um, and uh, we actually had to come down to a vote. And thankfully, Ryan, Ryan went with with my my decision. It wasn't that hard to convince Chris, but he was really <laughs> like, I don't want to take the bigger fall. And I was like, right, exactly. Well, now you know how I feel most of the time. Right. And so it so was the just a, was over that bolt where you were trying to decide. Yeah. OK. Yeah, but I go left and he goes up and then left. Ah, um, I can't okay. go up and left because it's a really far, far move for me. And there's a perfect move out left. Um, but it's really funny because I ended up getting the first ascent of it. Um, That's is, awesome. Yeah, which is totally awesome. <laughs> what did so, you name it? Economy of motion. It's really, oh, that's great. Really beautiful, beautiful climb. I'm yeah. very excited to look at it once Hanging Mountain opens, which we'll get to in the Absolutely. down the road of this, yeah. episode of this podcast um so that's great so have you been establishing roots just in this area or where geographically have you been putting up um roots? well i i did a couple many years ago down in west virginia because i lived down there for many summers i'm a teacher so having the summer off um so i i i did some down like by the golly river um in west virginia but um i've done some in franklin um Franklin, West Virginia. Um, one's called Full Frontal from the um, Samantha B. <laughs> show, and then, <laughs> <That's> um, <great. laughs> and then, um, and then Hanging Mountain, and then um, up in Vermont, uh, I've been developing roots uh, at a place called Black Mountain, which is uh, amazing. It's like six miles down this dirt road, and or or twelve miles the other way, and then you have a hike in. Um, it's really, it's really amazing and beautiful. And I put a climb up there that I really love. It's called um, Invisibilia and it's like a five eight and it's, oh, it's just so awesome. Wow, that sounds yeah. great. It's one of my Very favorites. cool. There's a lot of secret um, smaller spots in New England, which is one of the things I love about climbing here is, you know, there's, there's just these little crags everywhere that, you know, a lot of people don't know about that sometimes I find them how is this not more popular, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, all right, great. So do you have a favorite? This could be both either climbing the route or establishing the route or really anything, but do you have any um, climbs that you're most proud of or like a favorite experience? Um, well, I think invisibility I'm, I'm really proud of because um, is, Tell me more about it and what yeah, makes it such a special route. I will. So um, the day before I started cleaning it, I had been out with um, a bunch of my friends, uh, a bunch, it was like three and then Ryan and myself. And <laughs> um, yeah, that's a bunch. Yeah, that yeah. is a bunch. And right with COVID, like it was, you know, everybody yeah. was a large crowd with COVID. yeah the, yes exactly right and, um so we all kept our distance we were we were safe, yeah. but, um but um we ryan and i had and this uh, guy alden had start had cl cleaned this other route and at the end of it ryan drilled in four of the of the bolts and um but i had like 
spotted the climb sooner. And so anyway, after he did that and he came down, everyone was like, Brian, you got to send it, you got to send it. And so he like jumped on and sent it. And I realized like, that was so strange. Like I saw that climb and found it and scrubbed a ton of it. And just because for whatever reason, uh, you know, everybody was in agreement that Ryan should go first, even like my friends. Um, really? Like people I knew first. Yeah, it was, it was, this is so, so I started climbing about 25 years ago. And when I first started climbing, um, I ice climb now and climbing for women was more the way ice climbing is for women now. There are, are there were a lot less women uh, climbing when I did. And when I would travel and go places with my girlfriend, people would always think that we were lesbians because they didn't understand like why we didn't have a guy with us. Yeah, that's how it was. Like wow. I I started climbing in West Virginia and I uh, there was a guy, Roger, who had a campground that was amazing and um, and I love him, but it closed. Um, it wasn't the best camping, just just to be fair, but it was the best. <laughs> like he was, he was awesome. Um, it was ideal, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was called the monastery and I was literally the only woman there. And there was another place called the Sausage House, which was like all men. So like there were very, there really weren't that many women. And one time we went climbing out with these guys and I had never crack climbed, which is now my favorite climbing. Um, but we ended up uh, climbing and he intentionally put us on a crack climb because we didn't, we hadn't climbed it before. Just because, yeah, just to, just to mess with us because yeah, because we had climbed harder, like a face climb harder than him the day before. So he wanted to like, Put us in our place so he put us on if you know new yosemite and the new you it's really hard to do if you don't know how to crack climb and so that's kind of what it was like when i first started climbing and um developing is like that all over again um i almost have quit several times um and and it's you know again it, it's not like intentional but it happens all the time like people automatically assume that the drill is ryan's friends that I have are like, oh, hey, can I borrow Ryan's drill? I'm like, you mean, can you borrow our drill? Like, you're, you're literally talking to me, so you could ask me rather than asking me to ask Ryan, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, about our drill. Um, so I, I almost quit, like, many, many times, but um, I guess I pushed through because I think it's important. You know, I have a lot of privilege and I have a lot of support. My partner's really wonderful. Um, and so, yeah, I, and now I wanna work to make it more accessible to lots of people. But I diverged from my original story. So- Oh, I'm sorry. Chad's always saying, no, 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 no. I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I hope, hopefully nobody gets confused by my time. No, it was me. So I get tired by the end of the day, so. But um, <laughs> yeah, so up in Black Mountain. So, at, you know, when we went back down to the car, I was sort of, I, I like realized, um, what I wasn't quite sure what I was like hurt by, but I knew I was hurt. And so the next day I ended up, um, I was just like, hey, I'm gonna go off on my own and just like go do something on my own. I need a day by myself. And I had wanted to do this climb. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it by myself because if I don't do it by myself, then I'm actually like, people don't always see me and I'm not actually doing it. Like, even though I'm doing it, like, I'm not, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because Ryan's there. And so he's the one that they see. And so I cleaned it all and that's Invisibilia. And that's why I named it. That's part of why I named it Invisibilia. Oh. It's actually awesome because I wasn't sure it was going to actually be able to be a climb or not because there was actually some um, loose rocks that were on it. And, but I didn't care at the time, which was really cool. I just was like, I want to just do this. And I just want to do this all myself. But it's really funny because we left and when we came back um, and we went out there to go do it, there were these two guys that came out from Vermont uh, and they, they're like, oh, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, we met them and they're like, oh, hey, hi, Ryan, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, hi, I'm Dulcie. And so they're like, oh, Ryan, is this, you know, did you, you know, oh, you're doing this route? And he's like, oh, no, this is, this is Dulcie's route because he had, you know, he didn't really have much to do with it because it was my route because I was like, I'm just going to go out and do my own. And so they were like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. Da, 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 da. And so they end up going around the corner and um, I'm in the middle of leading it, the, you know, first ascent. 
And I'm, I'm not kidding. Like you can, you can ask Ryan, <laughs> but I believe they, you. <laughs> literally, they literally shouted around the corner. They're like, Hey Ryan, how's the first descent going? And he's like, it's Dulcie's climb. And this is where I like cursed. I was like, dudes, can you fucking stop ignoring me? Like, I know it's not intentional, but I exist. I'm here. I, this is like, I did this work. Like I exist. I'm not invisible. And so, and they were like, we're so sorry. And, and after that, they were, you know, really um, inclusive and made a point of like including me and saying my name, but it was really pretty glaring. And uh, my partner was like, wow, you're totally right. And it really helped bring him to like another point. And me too, because I was like, I knew I, I knew I thought this, but now there, there was like even more evidence that that was occurring. So wow, and so symbolic like, for you to be actually climbing it, like the first ascent of it. I think in the middle you. of it, I was on like the fourth <laughs> bolt, and it was like a mixed climb. And I was like, I was literally like on, and I was like, really, like really, and like they hadn't even said my name once yet. And I was like, my name is. <laughs> it was wow. it was kind of crazy. So, but that's well, I can't wait to climb it someday, and I'll oh, take the whole time, and I'll go up with a bunch of women, <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be great. That's awesome. But it, yeah. it, it is troubling that you had to get to that point where you had to be like, hey, I am here and I'm doing this work for you, basically, you know, for other people. And, um, you know, it, you shouldn't have to be literally shouting from the climb that, you know, you exist. So, but I love the story behind the name. And I hope that the people who do end up climbing it will at least know that story because that's so important you know and I hope in the future you know it's shocking to hear now but I hope in the future it's like even more like shocking like can you believe that women were questioned for being you know establishing roots back then you know I can't wait to get to that point and I think it's gotten better for women with climbing and we still have a ways to go but I think it's going to be it's going to it there's no question it's going to get better and not just for women but like all marginalized people um but um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for that time and I'm, I'm actively working to make that time occur at a faster pace. <laughs> Do you want to explain a little bit more of that? Sure. So, um, so I think, you know, I have a lot of associated privilege. And so I heard somebody say once, you know, if you have privilege, you might as well spend it because you didn't earn it anyway. So spend it on elevating others. And so that is a huge, um, I don't have kids biologically or even adopted. Um, and so like when I want, I'm done here, like when I go to whatever happens, I, like I, it would be just so awesome if the world would be easier for more people by the time I was gone. And so that's sort of like part of my goal. And so, um, yeah, so I really want to make that happen. I, I, I don't, especially there's these things that occur that make people's lives hard that don't have to exist. Like there's no reason for that suffering. And, and it's so great to free ourselves from that. And so, so what I'm working on right now is I'm working on a project called um, community. It's a community ascension project. Cause I actually think, you know, as much as we think of first ascensionists as doing work for other people, we're, we're really not, we're really doing it for ourselves. Like it's so much fun and privilege to be able to do those things. Like you have to have the resources of time, of, you know, being able to purchase the bolts, of of having access to like people with knowledge. Um, and you're really doing it for, you're, I mean, it's hard work. I'm not saying it isn't, but it's really, you're doing it more for yourself. And I think that, that um, so far it's been this sort of uh, first come, no, it's not even first come first serve. It's like whoever w- is willing to take can have. Um, and that's mm-hmm. sort of like what I've realized. Um, and so what I want to do is sort of change the way that we go about uh, developing crags. And it's not just me. Um, I know there's lots of people who want to do this, but I'm working uh, with a woman named um, Kumi, uh, who's from Boston, and Bill, um, who's from, they're both from the AMC. And I, I, I don't, that, it's Kumi Wathier and Bill Fogel. Um, and so what we're working on is a community ascension project. And so we're going to just start with um, exposing people to developing. So we wanna develop a crag as a community rather than as an individual. And so um, what we're gonna do is we're, 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 
we're finding a spot where we have permission to do it. We want to do about three climbs and have people come out and we're outlining uh, what it looks like from picking the place that you're going to do it to contacting the landowner so you have permission to finding out the ethics of the area um, and just trying to make the whole process transparent for people so that they can see that um, what it's like and have access to it and then maybe they're interested and they want to do it um, and then so that's not a mentorship yet because um, that it's a really long process. It's kind of like learning how to develop is like learning how to track climb. You really need to spend a lot of days doing it. So this is really just about exposure. We are gonna have like specialists come in who um, who who do develop um, to help with the training and each part of the way. Um, but we're gonna have three, so we're gonna set three routes and everyone will get to decide where the bolts are. We'll name it together. There'll be no first ascensionist. There'll just be, you know, all of us kind of together making this space for each other, which I just think is, uh, I don't know, I hope that's the way it goes in the future. It'd be so awesome because I find the whole like first ascensionist kind of colonial, but also like, and, and, and I, it, I, I've done it too. So this is not, I'm not, I'm not calling names. I'm not shouting out to anyone. This is our practice. This is the tradition within our community. And, um, but I think that we give too much credence to first ascensionists. Like if a bolt's unsafe, I want someone else to understand why it's unsafe. And I think they should be able to speak up and there should be a policy and a practice where that bolt can be removed or replaced or like we, we should all have a say in it. How come, because I got there first and I, I, I made my mark, I get to determine it for the all end of all time so that right. everybody everybody has to like not enjoy this climb because I got there first and had the gall to like put it in so that's sort of but so I want to expose marginalized people to the experience and hope that they then want to do it and then I'm gonna hopefully set up another program that'll be long term with people who are willing to be mentors with people who want to do it that's great wow yeah. thank you for explaining that too because I, I feel like yeah, I, I mean, I personally have never thought about first ascensionists in that way. And like you said, not to, you know, talk negatively about anyone who is doing FAs, which is impressive in, in a yeah. lot of ways, um, you know, but it is, it is really interesting perspective because it's, you know, like you mentioned, safety is always a concern and community is, is very, needs to be valued more than uh, like eternal glory, I guess, <laughs> like the way you could look at that. Um, so that's great. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. All right, let's talk about Sorry, just reading my questions here. Um, okay, so climbing or non-climbing related, what's something that you're looking forward to this year? Because we're ready for COVID to be over. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm waiting. To, I'm so looking forward to hugging my friends. I, I'm, I'm actually like, I'm, I'm talking a lot right now, but sometimes I get really quiet, but I've, I, I'm a really, I really, really love my friends <laughs> and Aww, people. They probably and, love you too. <laughs> and, and, um, and I don't know, like a whole day going by without being able to see a person in person and hug them is, is brutal. So I cannot wait to like, without abandon, like hug my friends. That will I was be talking to mean. Steph at the gym uh, the other day about this. I was like, do we hug? No, we don't hug. But I want to let you know that I would hug you because I'm a hugger. There's <laughs> <laughs> like, like this weird like like introduction that we have to do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, always thinking first, right? Like you're always like, okay, wait. And then it's be so nice to not have to be thoughtful all the time about that kind of safety. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hopefully, if this podcast keeps going, we'll have you back on and we can have you in person. Yeah, <laughs> and be good. Be awesome. <laughs> so, and I can um, give you okay. a hug. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk to before we get into Hanging Mountain? Um, and we can always retouch on some subjects, too. No, I think I think that's good. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, sweet. As I mentioned, this is a very formal podcast. Very. Yeah, I love when I listen to your podcast and you're like, "Why is this? Why is this pertinent today?" Because <laughs> it's fun. I was like, yeah, right. it's "Fun." Exactly. 
All right, cool. So let's talk about Hanging Mountain. So what, we're recording this before the WMCC's meeting on Wednesday, but it's going to be released after their meeting. So hopefully a lot of the updates will have already been discussed and released to the public. So, um, but for people who, I guess we do have some listeners who are from Connecticut as well, and I believe Rhode Island. Um, so it's not just Western Mass, which is cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, exactly. It's great. And we, um, so WMCC has members all over too. Oh, Even that's true. one in Spain. Yeah, Stephanie. Really? Uh, Stephanie's amazing and she collects all that data. And it's like, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's amazing. Wow, Spain. We are we're famous. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Hanging Mountain. So, I guess for those Connecticut and non Western Mass climbers, give a little bit of background on what it, where it is and what it's all about. So Hanging Mountain is located, um, it's actually, so if we go back, 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 it is on, I'm not gonna say the name of the tribe correctly, but I, I, I believe it's the, um, I believe it was, it's the Mohican tribe, if is like what you would recognize it as. But if I get that wrong, I'm really sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Um, can I correct That's that okay, later if I'm wrong? Um, we can add a little look clip it up. <laughs> yes, we can actually um, do a disclaimer, but it okay. is. Good. I'm and I appreciate that you recognize that you know this is someone else's land. Yes, someone so. absolutely. Someone else was here before and uh, probably before them. But um, yes. So, uh, but it's located in Sandisfield, Mass. Um, it's just north. It's like on Route 8, just north of Connecticut, maybe like three miles north. So it's really, really close. Um, and you can see it right from uh, Route 8. It's, uh, you can, it's really, it's beautiful. Um, and it has varying rock. It has, um, it's like granitic schist and um, granitic gneiss. It, it's, it's really, it changes quite a bit. Um, it has multi-pitch climbing on it and single pitches. It has uh, mixed routes and trad routes and sport routes and lots of messy, dirty, chossy <laughs> sections that are not developed yet. Wow, a little bit of everything. Is there, yes. are there boulders too? There are, but not, but not very many. Um, I think there's maybe two. Okay. Although this is, Although there's 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 getting to be more because like last <laughs> last spring last spring everyone should know this that um they you 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 may already know this but but April and May are really like tenuous times to climb outdoors you should absolutely always be wearing your helmet um, I had a friend get injured once where a rock hit her in the head and she was in a coma for too much she's okay now she climbed beautifully and she's amazing and she's still her but um the springtime is when because little science lesson you know like thermal expansion and contraction the rocks from winter and you know is now getting heat they they shift and move a lot so that's when they're most likely to come off but at hang mountain last may we had i mean like like if you've been to uh, North Conway and you've seen those big boulders that have come down off of like cathedral or mm -hmm. if you've been to new hampshire um like huge car sized boulders came down. It was insane in one wow. second. And everyone's so it, okay. It is labeled. Nobody was there. It it it, it okay. happened overnight, which it oftentimes happens overnight because that's when it'll get like cooler so it'll shrink and, oh, right. and fall out. But I think yeah, that happened uh at Cannon last year. I think unfortunately someone did die, but I think that it was because of that thermal expansion and it just was like shitty luck you know so yeah so but it's like important that people do be aware especially at a new place you know that that is yes. possible so yes and so there is a section of uh hanging mountain where that came off of that we are not developing will never develop um because it's not permanent and there's other sections too that we won't develop so there'll be lots of undeveloped just really beautiful spots just because the rock quality won't um doesn't won't really be valuable as climbing or because the vegetation um, shouldn't really be disturbed. I gotcha. Now, as far as like, if someone, there's obviously gonna be flocks of people who've never been there before. Um, how are they to know that a climb isn't climbable because of that rock quality? You know, like trad climbers, for example, just sure. if there's no bolts, they may not know. 
is there going to be any kind of um, like guidebook or guidance or anything online? Yeah, so there is going to be a guidebook. Um, so Ryan, Chris Beauchamp, who is a professional photographer, um, and I are working on that. Um, there won't be, there'll be areas that are like marked off um, that I'll say, you know, don't enter please, um, or don't climb here, or sensitive plant area. Um, there'll be, you know, swaths of areas that, that you know, and, and where this rock came off, there is, um, there is signage that says, move quickly through this area. Oh, really? Wow. So yeah. it is that uh, fragile. Yeah, and the trail, the trail really hugs the cliff um, so that when you go underneath, it's probably like 20 feet wide, but maybe 30 feet wide, but it's like, you can see it and you're like, okay, move quickly through this area. Yeah. <laughs> so, and wear your helmet. And there's there's, there's no anchors up there. So, so okay. um, everything that so has, every, like all the track climbs have um, anchors at the top. Very cool. What kind of anchors? Um, there's actually, um, uh, so there's all different types. They're all going to be quick clip ones. So it'll be ones mm, where you okay. can, um, after you've, uh, you know, done whatever you're going to do, you can just clip into them and lower. Um, but we, Ryan and I love the mussy hooks. They're like, they look like huge fish hooks, but they're really easy to get in and they're yeah. really durable and they last a long time. They're really fun. Yeah. Are they also called, uh, like pigtails? Pigtails are a little bit different. Um, these ones are really just big, huge hooks. The pigtails are, I think Dave Quinn loves those. Um, and you like slide them in. Those are kind of cool because there's like not really moving parts. Whereas, mm. you know, there's no gate on those. So. Right. Okay. Well, that's cool. So even the trad climbs will have anchors. Anchors. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Very cool. And how many climbs roughly are there? Right now there's about, about 70. Wow. But we've only developed half only half the cliff has been developed. Wow, that so, is awesome. Now, yeah. if there, so I know you'd mentioned there will be a guidebook. So I know at Farley, like the first bolt, if it's mixed, will be gold. Is that not going to be here because it's going to be here? Know the setup? Oh, yep, it will. Okay. It's going to be the same. Yep. It's going to be, it's going to be the same. Exactly. That's cool. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, is there, sorry, I lost my. <laughs> that's okay and the climbing's uh, really mixed it's awesome like there are there's some cracks there's one really short crack that's awesome um oh tell me about it I want to hear about it <laughs> oh it's it's a 10a and I don't know what Chris named it and it's really funny because Chris doesn't even love crack climbing I that's my favorite type of climbing I was listening to your your podcast the other day and your friend was uh, Rich was saying he likes slab I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> is there any slab it hanging um, out <laughs> I was like, oh my God, slab. And then the easy slab, it's like, you're going to fall and scrape yourself. But, um, <laughs> but I was like, hey, I admire you for, you know, that lo loving, loving what you I'll love. I'll tell you what, my boyfriend uh, hates crack climbing. Like, hates really? I took him to Gloucester. We've only been dating since August, but one of our first dates was we went to Red Rocks and Gloucester. And I was like, oh, you got to do zipper. It's like a beautiful, gorgeous layback. And he was like, it's just not for me. He was like, God bless you, you can, or whatever you said that, you know, you can move up the rock like that because it's just not for me. And I was like, hey, it's each their own, you know, so. Yeah, it's good. There's a variety, but yeah, so yeah. It's, it's short. It's a short little climb, but it is really fun. It's, it has this like angling beginning. The first piece is a, um, is a, a blue uh, Camelot. So it's a number three. And then it's a short little straight up part, but it's just, uh, it's just really, it's, it's like almost all hands for me, which is Ooh, my favorite. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. All right. Any other climbs in particular that you're excited about? Any multi-pitch that you're excited about? Um, wow. Um, there are really a lot of beautiful climbs and there actually are these slabs that are really beautiful on the Murdoch wall. They're really nicely done. Um, let's see, what else do I love? Um, well, there's one I haven't decided the name of yet. Um, Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, po I'm not positive what I'm going to call it yet, but it's one that I kind of did on, uh, on my own. So I was kind of happy on that one. And it's really beautiful. It's, um, it's, there's the, it's called the acorn buttress and it's on the left. So there's a squirrel wall when you come, when you pull into the parking lot um, and you look up, you'll see there's this, it looks literally like a squirrel. Um, oh, on the so wall. Yeah. And, um, 
And so when you look at it, um, it's the second pitch and the third pitch. I think it's up on the third pitch. Yeah, it's on the third pitch. And so uh, the first three pitches. The, wow. Yeah, the first the first uh, section of it we call the acorn buttress just because of ridiculousness. And so uh, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, it's on it's on it's on the left side of that. And uh, it's just really beautiful. It has really varied climbing. It has like uh, the beginning is all like uh, a little overhung, and then you get up onto a ledge, and you have to kind of traverse over to this arete and then you go up the arete and you have to use underclings and then you have to do a mantle and then you are on slab and then you're at the top and it's it's just wow really, really a little fun. bit of everything yeah. my goodness that's awesome economy of motion is amazing too but there's also oh stone by stone is this five nine that um sean sweeney put in it's really awesome it's on the left side my favorite i the cloud buttress is really incredible it has just amazing like every climb on that thing is good and uh that's a really beautiful climb there's another one called transcendentalism that's amazing the maps album put up and it's on the left side of the cloud buttress and it's um just just very intricate delicate beautiful moves that's really i mean there's it's you're gonna everyone's gonna have fun it's really really oh, nice <laughs> i can't wait and i i did plug it into my google maps and it um looks like it's about like an hour and a half from Worcester, hour 45 yeah. probably. Is that yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, so. it's about two hours from Boston. It's about uh, an hour north of Hartford and it's about two hours north of New York City. So I think there's so kind of actually nice of and accessible. People. Yeah. Everyone. Mm -hmm. So I hope, uh, I hope that it's able to break up some of that Farley and some of that Rumney congestion um, yeah. with the sport climbers. So that'll be good. Um, what's the parking situation like? Yeah, so I'm hoping that lots of people use it and love it and realize how much uh, it takes to do all this and um, becomes mem become members or donate because um, what we're gonna eventually need is a parking lot. Um, we have a parking lot, but it can only fit about 30 cars. And then there's a little section across the street, uh, which it's not going to be great to have to walk across the street. If there's a lot of people, we don't, we want to keep good relations. I mean, it's just like Farley, you know, where yeah. you park across the street and it's not great. Um, so the parking lot is a little bit bigger than Farley, but it's also more accessible to New York City. So right. there is a property right next to it that uh, the man said he's eventually going to like sell. So hopefully we'll raise enough money and be able to buy that a lot there um, and be able to get more parking eventually. But right now there isn't, there isn't much. Right. That's okay. All right. That's good to know though. So, you know, good people goal. will goal. drive and um, be prepared. So if you're driving to Hanging Mountain and it's in a, you know, fairly safe post COVID world, please carpool um, yeah, and exactly. save some parking space or bicycle. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, but okay. So let's say someone does drive out there and mm -hmm the parking lot's full and the spot across the street's full. Is Are there any other like crags that they could like kind of go to as a plan B? I just don't know that area that well. Yeah, there is a little crag called Russell, but it's not really... Is Great Barrington near there? Great Barrington, Boulder. Is, is, Great Barrington is a half an hour away. And so you could go to the res. Yeah, okay. and there is some climbing there too. There's... um little bit of of single pitch uh climbing but that the bouldering there is amazing and that that is there yeah so you could go to the res okay all right just so that you know people yeah we're gonna try to put a little uh bit of information in the guidebook as to like other places and restaurants and oh that's smart we're, like we're, that. we're wondering too there's a, a restaurant nearby and we're wondering if they'll allow us to like you know sort of like park cars and carpool too. I don't know. It's good. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we yeah. still gotta get right. <laughs> That's okay. We're in we're in the uh preliminary yeah. phases, right? Yeah. Um so is there an opening date scheduled? So we don't have a set date. And so this is uh where it comes to this point where <laughs> we have to be honest about our mistakes. Um so the biggest mistake I think the WMCC made in uh, doing this with Hanging Mountain was to ever set an opening date. Um, when we purchased the land, we didn't understand. So, you know, the WMCC purchased 
the parking lot at Farley. And um, there was, it was not a priority habitat. The Hanging Mountain is a priority habitat. So we didn't have experience in that. We didn't understand the magnitude of that. And so, and you know, we thought, oh, we're landowners, right? Like you own the land, but um, really your rights come below the states and the states, the state can determine their needs come before your needs. And so we are a priority habitat. So um, we didn't realize that or the steps that we were supposed to follow uh, in order what to- What does that mean just for my knowledge? Yeah, so, yep, absolutely. So a priority habitat means, and actually Farley has priority habitats on it. So when the, the cliff closes for peregrines, that's because it's a priority habitat for peregrines. Mm. So Hanging Mountain has peregrines, but it also has um, other vegetation and organisms on it that are unique to Massachusetts. Um, yeah. And so they might not be endangered everywhere or even on a watch list, um, but they're important in Massachusetts. And so one of the things is that Hanging Mountain is really beautiful and it has this awesome, amazing, rich calcium deposits, which enabled a bunch of these organisms to grow that um, don't happen everywhere in Massachusetts. And so we're in this, what's called a polygon on the map that designates you um, to as a priority habitat and that, you're, that you have to keep it safe according to the uh, Massachusetts Endangered uh, Species Act. So that's called MISA. And so, and it's on the landowners, it's the landowner's responsibility to understand that and follow the laws. And so it's not like someone comes and says, hey, you, you know, you just bought this land and you have priority habitat. It's your responsibility to actually know that. And so okay. we, didn't, we didn't realize that. And so we thought, oh, all we have to do is work really hard and build trails because there were no trails and it was a slide fest. I mean, there's a reason why it hasn't been developed yet. Sure. Um, and so we thought we just had to work really hard and that we could open it as soon as we built all the trails. Um, and that was wrong. We should never have set an opening date. We should have just um, understood that and said, look, we have to get all of these regulations passed and all of these plans approved and a biological survey, which you can't finish the biological survey. So we bought it last November. The biological survey can't actually end until August because you're looking for plants that only bloom in August. I see, so, okay. So we should never have even like, there was, we couldn't even finish the survey until August. Um, so we shouldn't have set a date. And so now we're trying to be really thoughtful and not set a date. We just want people to know we're working as hard as possible. We're, the infrastructure has been started, but it's not totally finished. But um, we are waiting for the, for the state to um, approve everything that we're doing and allow us to open. Wow. So that, I mean, that makes total sense, though. And to the defense of the WMCC, who is working really hard to make this accessible to people, how often are we really acquiring land and, you know, developing crags, you know, so I, I personally forgive you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I appreciate that. I felt really terrible. Like it's like you know we walked, we were so you know so excited and to be we worked like I didn't really climb as much last year. Like we just built trails and um, I mean I'm not saying we didn't do any climbing, but we were really I mean we spent it was a thousand six hundred hours of trail building. That's just what was recorded. So there was more, and that's just the trail hours. Like that's not including oh my God, like collecting data for, you know, the guidebook, like filling out permits, trying to write the land management plan. Like it's- uh, Trail hours are long hours. Like that's oh not like you're sitting down and drinking a cup of coffee. You're like doing hard labor. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's no joke. So Moving thank you rocks. for all of your work. Yeah, I, you. I've that, done that one trail day and it was a lot. <laughs> unlike being a first ascensionist, that work is really selfless. Like that, you're not doing that. Like, I feel like developing, you're sort of doing that for yourself. You want to do the climb. Trail work, for me anyway, is not for me. <laughs> that is for other people. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Well, thank you for your, your work. I, oh, we all will appreciate it whenever Hanging Mountain ends up opening, which we all need to be very patient with um, and respect that the state is just trying to protect yes. the wildlife, which is important. We as Absolutely. climbers need to respect the falcons 
need to respect the vegetation, the rock. You know, as mentioned, it isn't our land or it wasn't, you know, yeah. until we bought it, I guess. But it's still, um, you know, leave it better than you found it. Yeah. Um, okay, excellent. So I do have a couple of listener questions. Okay. Um, one's about Hanging Mountain and one's about Farley. So okay. I know... Uh, I'll ask you the Hanging Mountain one, and then if there's anything else you want to bring up about Hanging Mountain, we can do so then. Okay. Um, so at Fly Science asks, uh, Flora, what makes it so special? <laughs> so oh. I guess you kind of did touch on that a bit already. Yeah, it's that rich calcium band um, that, I mean, when you get there, it's beautiful. There is um, this amazing... So John, so a, a bunch of us were working and we had tons of volunteers. We had, um, well, everybody was volunteering, but um, people who, uh, so it's awesome to have people who aren't there all the time coming and volunteering, but it's also work organizing those volunteers. So we'd love to have just everybody coming out, but because we have to be careful with the vegetation, we organize those days and that really takes a lot of work. Um, but John LaValle uh, was like a huge, you know, he kind of, and if you don't know who John LaValle is, he was mentioned again in the last pot, like with Shane, he's, uh, right. he's born and, you know, bred in East Hampton. Uh, he's uh, an amazing human being. He, he actually was the person who taught me uh, how to trad climb and first helped me uh, overcome that fear with leading trad. So he always has like a near and dear place in my heart. He's also just a huge, awesome human being, but um, he's an amazing, beautiful, um, he does, he does, he builds things and they're amazing and beautiful. And he did a lot at Farley, but he kind of oversaw and helped all of us with the design of, of building um, the trail works and whatnot at Hanging Mountain. And there's this beautiful bridge that goes over this, like there's this where there could be sensitive plants. Um, you know, there isn't yet, but it, the, it's like a great habitat for that. And so the bridge goes right over it so that like, you know, we don't have dogs and people running through it. And it's just, it's so beautiful. Like when you get there, it's it's really magical. It's really beautiful. I can't wait to see it. And it, it, I'm excited for people to hopefully listen to this before they go there and realize that when you are walking up a set of stone steps or going over a wooden bridge, it didn't just get there. Like someone put in the thought and the effort and the money and the time and the labor and that it's like like you had mentioned like a selfless thing an act of love yeah. for that visitor so I'm I'm really excited to check out everything that has been developed there so um okay great is there anything else on Hanging Mountain that you would want people to know or touch on or anything like that uh well the one buttress is called progressive buttress and I love that um three of the first ascensionists at that wall were women, which is really cool. Um, nice. Yeah, so um, I, I, I just, I love that. And, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited for all marginalized groups to, to, to have a greater voice it, everywhere, not just, you know, so I don't know, but I think, I think that's kind of cool. And yeah, it's really beautiful and people have worked really hard and are working their best to get it open to everyone. Um, and yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Thanks. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So and we the appreciate next people's patience with us learning. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And okay. if you're not patient, so... I get that too. <laughs> <That's your right. laughs> well, yeah, but you know, they can they can relax. <laughs> um, okay, so I actually had two listener questions that were kind of the same thing. Okay. Um, so one was from at Dalton Frizboys. Friz Oh God, I'm sorry. It's French. And at Mike Caruccio. Uh, so Dalton writes, best way for someone new to Farley to learn their way around. And Mike asks, I've never been to Farley. How can I go there without having to climb everything on site? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, the other committee that I'm on, uh, so I'm on the board of the WMCC, I'm on the committee for the Hang Mountain, and the other committee that I'm on is the JDI committee, which, is a, which you said was the Justice, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And so we're really trying to um, solve that problem. Um, we're, we're, there are Jim to Crag days, but we're also, we're, we're, we're working on ways 
Like maybe there'll be days where we have volunteers that are accessible and then we'll make that aware, like available on our website so that people will know. And then they can show up on those days and they can get a tour from those people. Um, so we're hoping something along those lines because not having a guidebook um, is an issue about equity and you, you know, it just propagates that whole like, you know, you only go if you know someone who knows how to get there or how to get around. And so I know that there's issues with parking at Farley and how many people can get there. But again, that's another reason to become a member of the WMCC and to donate money, join the like um, auction and other things, because if we can get more funds, you know, we hope to buy another piece of property that can be parking for Farley. We've been working on it for a long time and it hasn't happened, but hopefully it will. Um, and we shouldn't be keeping people away because they don't know how to get around. That shouldn't be the barrier. Um, everybody should have equal access to the cliff um, and whoever, you know, we all have to learn how to share. And so it shouldn't be that I know how to get around so I get to deserve to be there more than someone else. Um, so we're working on that. And I think it's a really valid question. And, um, you know, maybe we revisit and talk to First Light about, you know, to try to find out why not having a guidebook, you know, and, and if that has to still exist. So I know that's one thing that we're doing. We're trying to find out if we can change that and get a guidebook. Um, but also we're trying to figure out ways to, within our com committee, we're trying to figure out ways to get greater access to the climbs to people. So well, those are great was, questions. And if you have yeah. suggestions, you can write to, to WMCC and, and, and uh, we, we would, we'd love to hear them too, so. Absolutely, and thank you so much for answering that so mm -hmm. well, because um, you know a lot of people would just give the standard answer of, well, find someone who knows. <laughs> so yeah. That's great. Um, okay, awesome. Uh, I think that is all of my questions. Um, do you have anything that you want to say to everybody that's listening in our area and our community? Yeah, be a climber, <laughs> bring others along, um, try to reach outside of your normal group. And, um, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, like let's all do this together and uh, be thoughtful for, to make it inclusive for everyone, even if that means giving up some privilege of your own, which I know I still have, that I still have to do that more. Um, but um, it'd be so, we have, we would gain so much by having a diversity of voices at the table, I think. And um, I would love for that to happen, so. And if you have suggestions or things or ways, you know, let us know. And, and um, we're, you know, we do have a, a volunteer form and we are trying to get people who volunteer more involved, but it, it you know, be patient because we're, we're doing our best and we're all just volunteers. So, but yeah, one more thing and then <laughs> is just, yeah. I, I realize like having done this, like how important so many organizations are and how much they do. I didn't realize it. Like, hours of my life have gone to Hanging Mountain. Um, and so I've realized like how important the AMC is, like the American, um, is it, no, Appalachian Mountain Club. And like, I became right. a member of that. The Ragged Mountain Foundation became a member of that. I always knew the Access Fund was amazing, but they deserve props too. Um, there's just, you know, the, the if you're in Western Mass, there's the, um, what is that, the organization with the, where they, trustees of the land, like oh, yeah. the, it, they're amazing. Like they have chapel ledges and, being members of things is important because you don't only get a say in that organization, but you are supporting them and helping direct the way that they go. And if they're gonna be inclusive or not be inclusive, or um, if they're gonna be able to do that next task, like getting a parking lot or not, so so join. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I also have always liked to remind myself and you know others that you, know, you join this sport and you buy a rack or a harness or a pair of shoes and you go, okay, I'm good for a while. I don't have to spend anything. And you can go outside all day, every day and find everything you want. And if you can spare $5, $10 to that place that you're recreating, it'll only make it better for you and for everyone else who's trying to enjoy it as well. So I completely agree. Um, and that's a great 
point to bring up as well. And if you and if you can't join with funds, join with your person because just having your voice there puts another person at the table, and that's important too. You know, so if you can't do it with money, which is which is understandable, you know, join anyway. Like like with the WMCC, if you can't afford it, you can still join, and your voice matters because yeah, you do. <laughs> All right, um, Dulcie, thank you so much. I think that's all of my questions and everything that I wanted to know. So thank you so much for taking the time and sitting down. It was so nice to virtually meet you. and uh, You get too. To you. So, I feel awesome. like I, I just, uh, I, it was so easy to talk with you. So I really appreciate that. I was really nervous. And now oh, I'm like, thanks. oh yeah, I said a lot. So. <laughs> you did so great. I, I, I really you. enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, I'm I will- giving you a hug and climbing. I know. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dulcie. Have a great night. I'll talk to you later. You too. Bye. Thank you so much to everybody for getting through the whole podcast, despite the technical difficulties that did happen. So thank you very much for your patience and for your attention. Um, if you haven't already, again, please subscribe to us and or leave us a review. We love our listeners and we would love to hear from you. Thank you to Hammer and Hops Brewing Company for sponsoring our episodes and to Mara Brown for her continued work as the audio wizard of the Off Blade podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. I'll see you at the Crags. Bye.